0: Computer, initialize Holosuite.
1: Ooh, this is the new shuttle with the Welcome back to a brand new episode of Blast Shield, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast. I am Kyle West and I'm joined by Katie West, my darling wife, who before Lower Decks really was not much of a Trekkie, but now is, I guess, becoming one of us, one of the clan group.
0: I've been invited.
1: You've been invited in. And I
0: have accepted, graciously.
1: I can't imagine going back and telling the, the Katie, who I met seven or eight years ago, it was like eight years ago, is not it? Maybe nine, close to nine, I think, actually, that I would have you on a Trek podcast within a decade.
0: I wouldn't have believed you.
1: And I am delighted at it. This is what hashtag winning is all about. Welcome to our review of the Star Trek Lower Decks episode, Mogato Gamato, which is the fourth episode of season two, and we will be getting into our review of that very soon. Before that, please do not forget to subscribe to this podcast if you have not already, if you're listening to us on a podcast app, there'll be a follow button or a subscribe button, whichever one that app uses, go for it. If you're listening on the website, on our actual website page, there are a load of uh, links to click to different podcast players to uh, save us on. So please do that. And if you're on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app that allows you to leave reviews or at least star ratings, we'd really, really, really be very thankful for a five-star rating and even possibly a review if you have the time just helps us with all the algorithms and, and such there's a lot of trek podcasts out there and we would love to be one of your definitive lower decks podcasts and there are a lot of good lower decks podcasts babe are there? yeah but we strive to be as good as I we I thought can. you were
0: gonna trash talk the other ones then
1: no i mean i could lay down i could throw fists i don't want to we're all part of the same community. We're all loving life.
0: No tea, um, no shade.
1: Yeah. What? No tea, no shade? <laughs> yeah. What's that mean?
0: That's a RuPaul thing.
1: Oh, okay. I wouldn't get that then. Yeah. That's not on me. No tea, no shade. Is in tea like the drink tea?
0: No, tea is in capital T, like truth,
1: I think. Okay. Um, I'm... And
0: then shade, you know, when you throw shade at Oh, someone. I know that
1: one. Yeah. Okay. I get that one. Anyway, something that I get a lot better than that are track references and such. So we're going to have fun picking out a couple in this podcast. As we record this, actually, we are about 12 hours out of this episode going live. And also about 12 hours out of taking our children back to school. Oh. Start of term. MF, yeah. You've survived the summer. Oh my God. You feeling good about it?
0: I, I'm surprised that I've made it to this point. I'm shocked at my own resilience. I'm just... ah. Oh. Tomorrow is going to be sweet, sweet silence.
1: What we're going to do is talk Star Trek, talk Lower Decks, and also talk about it as reasonably fast as we can because we have to finish NCIS New Orleans Season 5 DVDs. Yeah, we do. We have a two-part finale to watch. Mainly, I got us into this because of Jonathan Archer, who is the lead on it. Do you know, that Otherwise, took me known. a moment. Oh, because now you know him as Dwayne Pride. Because
0: now he's Dwayne.
1: When did that transition happen? So I'm talking about Scott Bakula, obviously, who's the lead of NCIS New Orleans, which has finished now. But we are, we've not seen it. We've just been watching it this year, haven't we? Yeah, from mm. season one onwards. And we're just about to wrap up season five. Scott Bakula, who played Jonathan Archer, is Dwayne Pride in this show. And for a while, you couldn't get used to him. It's no, Dwayne I was Pride. calling him Archer. Yeah, but now he is he is Pride. Looking forward to wrapping that one up. So we'll get to that, me and you, as soon as we finish this podcast. Before then, let's talk about the episode Gumato. Mu- <laughs> Mugato. I no, I, was, I was trying to do a gag from the whole thing that the name of them kept being pronounced differently throughout the whole ah. episode. It just so happened that as I went to do it, I forgot what the actual correct ones were anyway. So maybe that kind of worked.
0: I thought when I heard the name of this episode that it was kind of like Tomato Tomato. Potato-potato. Well, potato. Kind of is. Also a bit like Hakuna Matata.
1: <laughs> I, I took it as, as that, the Hakuna Matata thing. I, I'd forgotten all about it Also, as they,
0: as they kind of pronounced it differently through the episode, it reminded me of that really, really... I mean, parents out there, I'm so sorry for what I'm about to say, but that episode of Kids TV that goes ooples and banunus. Oh, gosh. It goes like apples and bananas, apples and bananas, ooples and banunus.
1: So there's this I thought it was gonna so like this that. nursery rhyme which is meant to i thought teach your kids how to say words properly has them calling apples apples and, and bananas like that. bananas what's the point of that I don't know it's teaching them the wrong thing but these kids aren't smart enough to know the right thing yet
0: but once you get that in your head like I'm gonna be singing that on a loop until I eventually pass out from exhaustion tonight it's a real what they call it an earworm
1: I've never heard that before
0: maybe it's just a German thing if you get a song stuck in your head it's called an earworm. earworm
1: I don't know. So the Mogatos, I'd forgotten that they had been in Star Trek TOS, so they are an established alien creature. And this was a, a big shout-out one for them. We got to see a lot of them in more ways than one. And we really did a deep dive into their culture and behavior.
0: Yeah, it was As, interesting. as an
1: animal species. I
0: felt like I was watching Star Trek times a David, David Attenborough. Attenborough documentary. Oh, my
1: gosh. We need someone to merge the two
0: I think Patrick Stewart could do the David Attenborough style voiceover voiceover.
1: Narrating how the Mugatos,
0: Mugato's,
1: Gamatos, Gamatos, I don't know. Engage. (laughs) Watch now as the male or female one engages with
0: And the other spectates.
1: Yes, we'll come on to that very soon. So yes, this episode, Mugato Gamato, which is the fourth episode, so getting towards the midway point. I'm a bit sad about that because I know. I always feel like you're excited for the for a show to come back, and then as soon as you watch one episode, you're counting down to not having any new episodes again. And I'm doing that with Lower Decks now. I'm like, oh Mm. no, there's only six episodes left. I think some big stuff's going to go down as well. Reckon? Yeah, I think so.
0: Bigger than what happened on this week?
1: Well, this was a big one. So this episode again playing with the dynamics. So we had a uh, it was Boimler, Rutherford, and I was going to say Tawny. But where does the line, where does Tawny end and Mariner begin? I don't know.
0: Do you know, I really had that in this episode. Because I, I, I've only seen her really a couple of times in real life. I can just see Mariner. But this week I've really been able to see Tawny. Wait, you
1: think a bit more of Tawny Newsome was yeah. coming through? What makes you think that then?
0: I don't know. Just some of her like mannerisms mm. were kind of
1: Oh, so when you've seen like similar. interviews and stuff yeah, with her. It was, yeah, it was
0: strange. But it was um, it was good strange. I liked it.
1: Great episode for seeing like more of Mariner and how she operates in her head. We knew she's a bit insecure, but I think we're seeing even more of it now this season in particular, which is, is great. Good to see. Peel I'm back doing. the layers. So yeah, those were the um, the main focus of the episode. And then Tendi got a nice little solo adventure with a bit of Dr. Ta'ana in there, which we'll come to. Shall we start then with the, yeah, let's do it. the main storyline? Yes. Yeah, so we saw some Denoblins, uh, which I think we've seen Denoblins in Lower Decks previously, possibly... In the background. I'm not sure. I feel like we've seen one. But uh, yeah, we saw two Dinobolins, I guess, scientists or something on this alien planet. Uh, they bump into a uh, Megato and we see the whole inflated face that we found out in season four of Enterprise happens when Dinobolins gets scared and <laughs> oh, yeah. the face puffs out. We first saw that actually in the episode Home, I believe of star trek enterprise that's a jolly Season good four, memory four, third episode yeah they're in the bar and it was when xenophobia was starting to develop on earth following the zindi conflict mm. and then people were starting on phlox and phlox's face puffed up oh yeah if I you remember. remember yeah, yeah. so uh, we got to see that here which is great a little no i love the end when there's like enterprise nods on this show so this obviously sets up the whole episode because the magatos are not meant to be on this planet i think didn't they say they're not indigenous to it yeah but there's loads there because as we'll find out, the Ferengi are um, hoarding them there and selling them off and killing them, I guess. And we saw Ferengi... Horns. Yeah, taking the horns. We saw Ferengi wearing the skin of one, you know, the main guy. So. Oh my
0: God, I totally didn't pick up on he that. You
1: twig to like the white no. hair and the horn. Yeah. So that was the one that would have been skinned. So we'll get to that soon. Uh, the teaser of this episode, which kind of set everything up, was that a nod to TNG with the fighting. I forget the name of it, but the little suits on there. I call them Pugel sticks because it kind of reminds me of like that Gladiator show that was on. Yeah, that's what...
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I was gonna sing the song of it then, but
0: uh, I can't remember it. What, you know? what did the guy used to say? The like commentator would be like, "Challenger, ready,
1: ready. Gladiator, ready. ready,
0: three, two, one,"
1: and then uh, they'd start. And we saw this year, so uh, Mariner. Well, it was just me, Rutherford and Boimler going off for a little bit of this combat training. Marina sees joins them. They're quite open to this and it seems like they've been planning for this. They've been training for about a month, oh, I they think they said. Because I guess Mariner kicked their ass before. When they start off, obviously they smash Marina uh, the first time. Uh, Boimler rather unnecessarily also then draws blood from her with another hit and they, they point out her they've her been training, knock her knock her teeth out. Mariner's a bit shocked, and it reminds me of that line of, you know, you made me bleed my own blood. Which where's that from? I don't know. You make me bleed my
0: own blood. What other blood would you bleed? I don't
1: know. I can't remember where it's from. But um, she obviously then proceeds to, like, kick the crap into them.
0: She makes Boimler vom.
1: Yeah, Boimler vomits in the middle of getting beaten up. <laughs> uh, she actually impales Rutherford's hand to the yeah. the ground. I mean, that, <laughs> that's brutal. But I guess when you've got 24th century medicine, which can heal most things.
0: I was going to say, she must have, like, grown her tooth back
1: Well, after I would have,
0: being been. Well, attacked. surely she'd have a
1: fake one now, wouldn't she? I don't know. Biologically, unless humans have evolved to have more teeth. Biologically, you think she can't grow another tooth.
0: Let's say, Replicate a new one. Yeah, and replicate it and chuck it in. Stick it in.
1: You heard that before? Shaxx obviously walks in here and is kind of hilarious because he was kind of just ignoring what was going on. He's like, no, you guys carry on. I'm 10 minutes early. Like uh, he's totally used to it. Yeah, and you just hear them screaming... Uh, off screen and boimler's like put the kid gloves back on <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was it so funny enough they do carry those injuries into their uh the episode after the credits which is we don't always see ramifications of the teaser mm. in the main bit but uh, i got to say big fan of the rutherford and boimler pairing
0: yeah it was it was really successful
1: yeah we kind of hinted at seeing them together in season one's much ado about boimler when rutherford and him are playing with the transporter alterations that were made like that for me was a a hint of what we kind of got in this one. And it, it was cool seeing, like, you know, guys hanging out and playing their they're game. They're
0: actually and, super similar, aren't they? Yeah,
1: Diplomath or whatever it was called. I can't, oh, is that what it's called? I think it was called? I think it was something like that, yeah. So playing a game, which made no sense to me, the end of it, where no, you come to a compromise.
0: Compromises are the best.
1: I guess there's a lot of compromises in Star Trek, mm. rather than just, like, winning and losing. So Rutherford Boimler, uh, they are uh, sort of persuaded by... Was it Otis? Is that the name of the barman? Mm. Yeah, uh, he, they, they're sort of persuaded to believe that Mariner is a Starfleet... Black Ops. Black Ops person, has done this, has done that. We found out the name of another ship she served on, the Atlantis. I don't think we knew that before, and how she is clearly undercover, because having her mother as a captain and two of these sort of nothing blokes as her friends uh, is good cover, allegedly. And we see her throwing around like the, the thing on knife and stuff and not even looking and not hitting her fingers. And uh, so they buy into this. <laughs> So for the whole episode, they are terrified of Mariner, uh, which I thought was quite funny. Now, I'm just going to address this right now. I mentioned this to you, I think, on Second View, and is that everything they said about Mariner, like, you know, is she black ops or all these things? This was the Internet during season one. (laughs) I think we even might have discussed it as well. Uh, Like, what did she do previously? I think we might have. And she's hinted in comments she's made about stuff like that before. So. I have a feeling this was kind of a addressing the fans and what fans had been saying about her on the show. I didn't really pick up on that until second viewing, and I was like, "Wow, this is really." Uh, this is it is really true, yeah. News. It
0: is true, isn't it? Because so, you do start to wonder, like, where's she been?
1: And I love that there's like these. We've seen this before. Suddenly, everything that they do, you see it from a different perspective now. Like where they're afraid of her. So, like when she uh, when they're on the planet, and they find these Ferengi who are being, you know, evil to these Mugatos and and. When a fight breaks out and they accidentally let them out, she you see her stick a knife into Shax's heart, it looked like, and then suck the blood. Which she was, as we found out, she was just trying to get the venom out of him. But through the eyes of Boimler and Rutherford, it looked like she had just tried to kill Shax, really, and drink his blood. So Even
0: to do that, though, hang on, even to do that, she must have some like really in-depth training to, to... know that you can... Maybe she is Black Ops.
1: Well, see, I'm a bit, bit funny, I guess, in how we're going around this episode because we have the fun things we want to talk about but kind of at the end of it. We do find out that she's not and that she planted that story. But I was convinced the whole episode was going to end with her, you know, making it clear that all those things are just coincidences and she's not black ops or something like that. But then we'd get like a final mm. scene which would establish that actually she had been. But like only we know that as the audience because it was kind of like in episode two of season one Envoy when Boimler pointed out that someone was a Frangie to her and she's like, no, no, it's a Bolian or something. And we see her then talking to the mm. Frangie at the end. Uh, I thought we might get s- something similar to that. We saw Shax sort of tracking down the Mercato's by sticking his finger into their poo and tasting it. I love that <laughs> Mariner had to say a few times, like, you don't need to keep doing that. I are clearly on the trail and he's um, tangy this way, whatever it was. Would you do that if you're on the trail?
0: As if you even have to ask.
1: What do you think would have been different about it? Like, what was he looking for? What signs... Was the tanginess a sign that it was fresh or, or not fresh? Or was
0: it, oh, here's some dung. How do we know if it's Mugatu
1: The taste, yeah. Dung? But how does that give you a direction to go?
0: Gets fresher, I suppose. Yeah, but how often do they go?
1: Yeah, but I'm... <laughs> I mean, that's true. But I'm just thinking, if I stick my finger in it and taste it... Oh, How's that telling me which way to go? I don't know. Like some kind of sixth sense kick in and you're like, it's that way.
0: I think maybe he just likes it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it does seem like it. Nice to have Shaq's back, by the way. Yeah, uh, having him back. Uh, Kayshawn is just like a silent character now in the background. I know, right? Scenes. But he does have a fantastic face, Kayshawn. Don't you think? He's a wonderful face in an animated show.
0: I don't. I don't. I don't actually like it.
1: You don't like Kayshawn's like appearance. No. Why? Why not?
0: Um, I can't really say.
1: Kayshawn, his feelings hurt. Yes, on the planet, obviously, we do find out that Ferengi have been responsible for the Magathos being there. Uh, Now, also point out that on second view, I really picked up on how they were using different pronunciation all the time, which I think is a joke about how they struggle on TOS with the pronunciation. But Shax, (laughs) in the space of about 10 seconds in the episode, uses three different... Pronunciation of it <laughs> and at that point you're thinking yeah this is hilarious like i think boyman does something similar later on uh, so the ferengi as we, mariner calls them out are they some kind of like the last outpost ferengi now did you get that reference nah. i can tell you this you should have got it really yes so on our other podcast her first track a star trek review podcast we have watched the last outpost which was the first ferengi episode where they were awful like they were meant to be they were built up in the episodes before being this like new strong villain but then they were just like I don't know, that they were like moving on the set like they were in like an 11-year-old's like play at school oh. and they just weren't good villains. So we kind of never saw the Ferengi used that way again. Uh, but I did love that this episode using them and using their little electric rope things kind of made The Last Outpost feel like it was never sort of rebooted with the Ferengi because it kind of established mm. that there are still those kind of Ferengi yeah. out there, but maybe they're not the norm and it's uh, the Quark who got a shout yeah. out quark uh, so he had yeah. a visual shout out last week and then he got a an actual verbal one this week i feel like we must be headed towards quark appearing it's reckon? gotta happen it needs to happen
0: i thought one of the ferengi was gonna be quark today
1: did you mm. yeah i think we're gonna see him at some point in my head canon now mariner's friends with quark she would get on with quark reckon you don't think so
0: i reckon she gets on with him in the same way that like dax gets on with him like she'll put up with him sort of thing
1: yeah, I can imagine like Mariner sticking behind and playing Darbo and everything with them. And yeah, then Quark's bar.
0: That's why, I like Dax.
1: Yeah, it depends really on what Mariner was like at that time when she was on DS Nine. Mm. If she was the way she is now, I can't imagine she would have coped under Ben Cisco's.
0: Oh, command. they would have come to heads.
1: Maybe we'll see though. I think I think Quark might be on his way. Uh, but yeah, I liked that the Frenchie. We got to see these ones again. I mean, what did you, did you find them more threatening than when you first saw them on TNG?
0: Oh, since TNG, yes.
1: What's your favorite kind of Frenchie?
0: I, you know I'm not a big Ferengi fan, though.
1: Okay, so what do you prefer? The take where they are like these evil villains and scary or the greed kind of eject their own brother through an airlock if it gets profits. I mean, that's funny. Profits.
0: So, you know, I love a good rule of acquisition. You
1: do love a good rule of acquisition, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to find you the book. Um, listing them <sighs> yes, all. I think that would be hilarious. <laughs> so we're going with the profit-driven Ferengi as mm. our favourite ones.
0: They're not scary.
1: No, they're not at all, are they? No. Not in the slightest. Uh, so th- this all leads to obviously the breakout that we mentioned. Uh, we're on a Federation planet, so the Frengi shouldn't even be doing it anyway. And I love the Frengi play stupid through the whole thing. Is but it? Yeah, oh, I had no idea. I mentioned earlier about, obviously, Mariner sucking the blood from shacks. Rutherford and Boimler see that and think that, oh my gosh, she is Black Ops. Don't know why they thought that would mean that she'd be evil to them, but I guess when they see her drinking the blood of...
0: You heard what the guy said when her back's against the wall.
1: Yeah, they do whatever that's they when need to survive. That's when crazy. Yeah, that's true. So they run off screaming into the wild, because I love that they see all these Magatos and they're kind of like, we can't go out there. Look how many Magato they are. Yeah, but Bonham is like, yeah, but Mariners in here. Like they're more afraid of Mariners. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And so they, go out, and they go out
1: They go into the wild. They meet, what was the name of this guy? Oh. I want to say Pating, but I feel like that was a Doctor Who. Patinga. Patinga, was it? Patinga. Patinga. So Patinga uh, was a Tellarite who's also, I guess, I guess, Australian. I think it was Australian. <laughs> Was it Australian? Was Down it like Nanda. South African or something? Or I don't know. I don't
0: think he's supposed to be from any of those places. No,
1: he's clearly not meant to be. I assumed he was Australian at the time, just because of the whole. You always have like the Australian people out in the wild. Steve and Irwin. yeah, Steve Irwin, kind of God shout rest out. Soul. Well, God rest the soul of Petingi because <laughs> had a horrific death where his head was. I thought pulled off the body, but actually no, it. I think the, he got caught by surprise and his head bitten off his body. Oh God. Wasn't it? I think the Guma- I don't the know. Gumato. I just saw
0: a lot of purple blood and went, Eesh. Yeah,
1: Yeah. So Rutherford and Bonner run off. I love the line that about his five books, though. Because I thought he was an expert. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah, I've got five books. And later on, he's like, no, I've got five books. I don't write them. Like, I love how... I have five of them. I've read them, and now I feel like an expert.
0: He, his noises were so... It was a bit like Pro. when... Um, no, when we went to that dinosaur thing the other day, we pressed like the, the little button to make some dinosaur noises, and it was clearly just a guy going,
1: <laughs> raw. <laughs> yeah, a few of them. A few of them on that on that Jurassic. What's it called? Jurassic Land or something like that. Yeah. A few of them were like that. It was person just doing a raw yeah. sound. And
0: then some of them, I was like, this is definitely an elephant noise. This is a T Rex. Come on.
1: Rest in peace, Patingi. This all leads to, I guess, the bit that anyone listening to this show listens regularly is probably just waiting for our thoughts on, I guess, the most graphic sex scene Star Trek's had to date.
0: I have never seen anything like this in my life.
1: I need to just put it out there now before we get into this. Star Trek has never really given us normal sex scenes. We get a Riker and Troy sex scene in Star Trek Nemesis. You'll forget I've even said that by the time we get to it. But that's the last, so. like that's the last TNG film. So like they're both very old at this point, Riker and Troy. So we get an old person sex scene.
0: We've had Data and Tasha.
1: Yeah, but what I mean is that we didn't see the scene though. We've had oh. sex implied lots of times, but we see the sex in Nemesis. Then in Discovery, we saw Klingon oh, boobies.
0: Oh, yeah, Klingon boobies.
1: And then, I mean, there's probably another section I can't think of where we see the, the act. But then in this one, we get the Megatos.
0: to Paul and:
1: and... We never saw the actual... Do we not? We see the beginning when she disrobes with him, but we never see them have sexual intercourse. But then this time we see uh, the Maggatos going for it, and they go for it.
0: There was so much...
1: So Boimler and Rutherford obviously thought they were being chased. So they hide inside a tree log. Uh, It turns out... They were just looking for something to lean on. Yeah, something to lean on. And they proceed to aggressively mate. Rutherford and Boimler, obviously terrified, come out, see there's a third one coming. And they think that he's... Or she, I don't know, is going to assert their dominance. And uh, then suddenly sits down uh, and makes his hand gesture for them to carry on (laughs) as they were. And then I think Rutherford is like, you know, what's, what's he doing? Is he... As certain his dominance. And Bohm was like, I, I think he likes to watch. Oh, my. And then we see him rubbing his horn in a way that would...
0: It's the way for me that he goes cross-eyed as he's rubbing his yeah, horn. Yeah, I never
1: noticed that. Yeah. It, yeah.
0: It, was, it was a lot. And actually, the second time I watched it was a lot more, like, because I was expecting it. But the first time I watched it, I genuinely, I didn't know whether to laugh. My mouth was just agape. <laughs> and yeah. I was just staring at it like, what? the f... Am I watching?
1: Because at first, it's happening around them. You don't see it. But then, but you, you hear like grunts. You see the thing move. But then they start to show you little bits. In this very quick sequence, but like you'll see a thigh. You see a thigh in the shot.
0: In a rhythmic yeah. sort of like... And,
1: and then you see there's one where um, one of the Megatos is knocked back onto the trunk and is like looking up at the person. Oh, she looks happy. Yeah, and I saw that as a... Um, that was like Lion King's Come Hither Eyes. You know when uh, you know when Simba and um, Simba and what's the name of Nala. the Nala 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 are kind of when they see each other again they're playing and you got can you feel the love tonight song. Oh. There's a moment where she kind of looks up at him and it's like those come hither eyes.
0: Yeah, but at least in Disney, it's implied.
1: I could imagine that song playing over these maghatoos yeah. going for it. Yes, yeah, so can I? Because we didn't I'm have the song. And i just
0: thinking about Simba and Nala. This is so. But so wrong
1: because we didn't have the song. Then it looked more aggressive than maybe it was. It could have been a lovely thing. Can you feel the Megato love tonight? Oh, I could. So I imagine Bohmner and Rutherford had to really sort of. I don't hang think it would for. be
0: that kind of song. I would think it'd it be? be like down,
1: Or if we g- if it was like if if this was if the song would go with what we were seeing, it would be like boom, boom. Was it?
0: Boom, boom, shake, shake the room,
1: boom, boom, shake the room, boom, tick,
0: tick, 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 boom.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that going to it. So...
0: Every step you take, I'll be watching you. Oh no,
1: yeah, oh gosh, the police <laughs> oh, there as well. Oh god, um, the
0: police should have been there, public fornication.
1: Yeah, so we've got a very graphic sex scene, so I guess that's it. Uh... Now this has been hit and miss online. TrekMovie.com, in fact,'s review was not damning of the episode. They were positive about bits of it, but they were not favourable to the violence and the teaser. Uh, they mm. did not find sex. The sex joke's funny and the sex scene's funny. They thought it was too... Graphic. Not even too graphic, but I guess they thought it was it was too too silly.
0: I actually was going to say something like this. Oh gosh, okay. Not in like a, because I obviously, I found it absolutely hilarious and I couldn't I couldn't actually even laugh about it until the scene was over and then I couldn't stop laughing because it was that funny. However... For all the people, all the naysayers who do not think Lower Decks belongs in the world of Star Trek because it's too ridiculous and they're making fun of Star Trek and blah, blah, blah. I
1: think they kind of got a point. Well, in this one? Yeah. Do you think it was making fun of Star Trek, though? That bit?
0: Well, maybe not making fun of Star Trek, but it is making a joke out of the whole thing. Because wow. all of the Star Trek is not really funny. Or, like, it's not supposed to be funny. Some stuff's funny because you're just like, oh,
1: Kirk. Yeah, yeah. But... I to gonna, know. See, I'm going to completely have an opposite opinion to you on it. Okay. I get it that as Star Trek fans, we're not used to that. But here's the thing, and I, I said this on Twitter. Lower Decks is an adult comedy. And it shares a space in the media world with Rick and Morty. South Park, you know, adult comedies. Mm. Other ones that I've just never watched, so wouldn't try to, try to name. Maybe even Final Space, which has at times been... Very silly, even though it's one, of the, it's one of the best dramas I've ever watched. But I think the problem is that Lower Decks hasn't ever really leaned into that genre it's in, in the way those other shows do, particularly Rick and Morty. Because everyone used to think this was going to be Rick and, Mort- Rick and Morty in space. Mm. And it's never really been that. So I think that this on this occasion, they did lean into their genre more. They
0: did not, though, dip their toes into the pool of inappropriateness. They fucking jumped in there yeah. and they bathed and basked because every every single moment of the scene it just got more and more extreme. Yeah, it and did. then by the end when that Mugato is sitting there, wanking off his horn on well, his head, it was a lot.
1: I think he was just scratching his horn.
0: He was cross eyed.
1: That is you um, projecting human sexual activities onto the Mugato.
0: So the others were mating and he was what, scratching? An mm-hmm. itch?
1: I, I think... he Has does... he
0: got a Mogatu STI? <laughs> I think he... Has he?
1: I think he likes to watch. Well, it's probably watch.
0: safer that way.
1: Gosh, yeah. I mean, you, they put animals probably shed... So you think they were bathing in inappropriateness, the writers, on this occasion?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I, I struggled with it because it was hysterical and I love mm. stuff like that, you know. I love Family Guy. That's inappropriate to high heaven. But this was like, what?
1: I'll tell you one thing that if I was going to try and be critical... Of it. I'm not here to criticise or anything, but if I was going to say, did it go too far? Maybe the whole stroking of the horn was a visual gag they didn't need, because they'd already...
0: It was already hysterical.
1: Yeah, and the gag was already made, because the whole sitting down, telling to carry on, and then I'm going to saying, you know, I think he likes to watch, that was enough. You didn't necessarily need to do the, uh, the wanking gesture with the horn. And I'd love to know if that was in the script, or if it was just something that the artist's thought as they went on and it got added in but uh, I found the whole thing funny but yeah I guess if you if you took that part out with the horn I think people would feel very different mm. about the scene the horn I think the I horn stroke probably saying, pushed it
0: a I'm wondering far. like when this was brought up whether they had this similar conversation and they were like do you think we should do it should we do it should we make him mm. like touch his horn
1: uh, yeah I do wonder if they' um, Dunard over it. But in the grand scheme, I do just think they were sort of, they were just leaning into their genre more than than we've seen them do previously. And it is what people thought they were going to do more of. Some people who were worried about the show, maybe. And so for them, maybe this was, if this had been like episode one, oh, or episode two of Lower Tended Decks. It, yeah, but I think Lower Decks has earned enough, it's done enough really good Star Trek stories to get away with this one, I think.
0: I think when, at the same time, like last week, we were talking about how Mariners served on DS9, mm. how oh, she must know all these people, and it feels really real, and then you take a moment like that, and it doesn't feel as real anymore. Yeah.
1: Well, I think that you could have got away with the, them being stuck in the bit where the Magatos are having sex against yeah. it. You could have got... like Because dogs hump our legs. Do you know what I mean? Like This stuff happens. But yeah, I think maybe the The guy watching and stroking his horn was maybe uh, one too many gags in there. Uh, But let's not get caught in that one. This obviously leads to them finding out that Mariner is not Black Ops. And she has been feeding that story herself Mm. to keep
0: keep jerks
1: away from her. Yeah. So we see her do it later on with Otis when she tells a really over-the-top and elaborate story of how Bomino Rutherford stopped the Ferengi. So, yeah, they saved the day through using their brains and their smarts uh, and using math, as Mariner points out, by pi- basically pitching, making a sales pitch to the Ferengi about how it would be better to turn this into a... Sanctuary. Sanctuary. I mean, you look at all the merch and stuff, I was thinking more zoo, but which has its own problems as well, possibly. But but no, at the end, we hear the Ferengi say this, we must now treat these animals like godly beings almost and look after them. I love, though, that they came in, you wouldn't know this yet, but uh, they came in with the, uh, the hollow sort of um, wood... That they, uh, Kirk does this in a TOS episode fight Gone Gorn uh, oh. and use it as like a cannon thing I even remember that like it's one of my earliest Star Trek memories That whole thing and Harrison like his first Star Trek he watched was that episode as mm. well and he remembered it like so Harrison got one of the nods I love they come in with it and I thought oh, my god they're going to blast them but they used it as a projector screen <laughs> so, uh, sorry as a projector so that they could play something out their business plan and that was the end of smarts and Mariner was really impressed by how they did it and their kick-ass bravery in doing so. And they did it the Starfleet way, which is how Boimler did a couple of weeks ago, when he saved the day as well.
0: That's um, a compromise. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they did come to a compromise, so it did tie together nicely as well. Uh, so, first off, question for you then, uh, Mariner plant in the story herself. What do you think?
0: I was really surprised. Yeah. However, when she said that, I did think... she was bullshit. Yeah. That she's full of it. And then, that she, at the end, when she's talking to the barman... Yeah.
1: Oh, I know, I thought she was going to say something, yeah.
0: Hey, stop telling everyone what you've heard about me, or I'll kill you.
1: Oh, wow, actually, that would have been the hint I would have been talking about. You know, like, where we find out that she was lying, that it it was actually true, and we end on, like, that note. You know, Things that happen
0: in Black Ops. Stay in Black Ops, Otis. Imagine if, like, at the end, we just saw, like, Otis get reassigned, and then Maron was like...
1: (laughs) You were just cutting on Maron's face. hey, Otis,
0: you're now moving to...
1: Well, don't even see him.
0: ...the USS whatever. Don't even see him. And then... You hear a scream and then behind Mariner, you just see like a frozen Otis go out because he's wow. been shoved up the air Oh my lock. gosh, you're
1: actually going for his death. <laughs> I, I was I was thinking we'd allude to it. So basically, I mean, yours is much more, doesn't leave much of the imagination, that one. No. That, that implies that she's a murderer though.
0: No, she didn't do it. How I, was th- is that I was
1: thinking they could come in at different barbers there and be like, oh, where's Otis? And they'd be like, oh, reassigned. He's and been just cutting on Mariner it looks like. Reassigned. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. That, and you just cut on Mariner. And uh, you know that she's probably done it. Or it looks like that. Anyway. Did you enjoy this as the main storyline then? Obviously, the sex bit, you think it was maybe it's, it's too far. It's only on
0: reflection. Because honestly, at the time, I thought it was really, really funny.
1: Because as like you said, it just kept getting...
0: It just It didn't tame
1: itself. It was yeah, getting more and going. more graphic.
0: It was like a snowball rolling down a snowy hill.
1: Yeah, it just kept going. Like the Magatos kept going, really. Vigorously.
0: Until the end, when they all fell asleep.
1: Yeah, we've been there. Puddles. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Not oh. with a third Mugatu.
1: Yeah, I really, really like this. Uh, I like that it was the Starfleet way that won out again. Marino has not done a whole lot of saving the day this season. For all those people who like to say that she always saves the day, she hasn't really. She didn't save the day in episode two with the puppets. Episode one was, she did kind of cause the problem and she only saved the day by kicking Ransom in the nuts. <laughs> and last week she kind of broke the, the cat thing as well yeah so these people who will say that mariners are always saving the day
0: other people putting out mariner fires all over the yeah. place yes
1: okay so let's quickly touch on that. we've been talking for a while let's touch on tendy's storyline she gets mm-hmm. asked by dr taana to find these people who have been evading their uh the medicals basically now tendy gets quite creative she tries to be nice at first but realizes that no one respects her so she um Starts to do these medicals. They were not consensual medicals, though. So I don't, <laughs> oh, I know. I don't know if we're meant to um, look down on her behavior in truth. But I just can't stop thinking about the bit where she was like paragliding over the <laughs> waves and the two that were surfing. And <laughs> did their medicals. And then they fell off. I'm guessing that was a holodeck, obviously. Uh, but I thought that was I thought that was really funny. And this all leads to the last one.
0: Who is patient? 08019.
1: I knew this straight away. Because the way you know, like, Dr. Tano has been shifty. Yeah. Straight away, like, I don't worry, but it's great. Did you think it was obvious that it was going to be uh, Tiana? It
0: was at that point, but it was when she just was like, it's you, isn't it? And she's like... <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's like the evil mastermind getting
0: Very caught. clever Tendy yeah.
1: Turns around and you just see this change into Anna. And this obviously leads to, to Anna going full cat mode.
0: Whenever and she loses her inhibitions, even for a second, she's just a full on cat.
1: She is. She just becomes a cat. Like running. a feral. Yeah. And I would Managing say, like, surely cat. Starfleet would be like... The officers on the ship would be like, what the heck? When she's, like, leaping around the corridors and, and climbing through Jeffrey's tubes and things and But think screeching. about Paul
0: when she was doing that thing where she was, like, really horny. She was like a... True. Cat. And,
1: you know, though, it just makes me think that in Starfleet, we've seen it being quite normal a lot in the old tracks because they didn't have the budget for all these kind of things, even the live-action stuff. But, you know, given the alien cultures and stuff they're living with, I feel like it's probably... Quite normal for just weird stuff to go on around She must
0: you. be a damn good doctor,
1: though. Oh, she must be, because like, her language is atrocious. They put up some, with some crap she, I mean, on her. The state on her. She's not even like a cat doctor who looks impeccably clean. She
0: she does not lick herself. You thought
1: she had fleas last week.
0: I'm fairly certain she still does, to be <laughs> honest. I don't think that problem got solved. Yeah,
1: but she's the one performing, like, surgery things on these people. So, you think that would present a slight risk but loving loving tana this season but yeah this leads to a uh, essentially a cat chase and tendy will not give up she needs to complete this assignment to show she's got it tana admitted she got to do it because she didn't think tendy would get that far uh, this leads to tendy breaking her arm and i do love the whole uh, that tana's like oh right this one again uh, that old chestnut he turns around and, <laughs> and
0: then
1: you literally see the bones sticking out of tendy's arm is it bones
0: arm. or is it wires? It looked think. like wires.
1: It would be wires, would it?
0: Yeah, but it looked like wires. It
1: would be like veins, probably. Well, do you think Tendy's a robot? Well, now I do. <laughs> okay. So she did get the scan, though, of Tana. And Ta- Tana was like, oh, you know, I, I can respect that kid. Well done. <laughs> he got me.
0: I find it weird, though, because I wish there had been an actual reason why Tana didn't want it done. Yeah. But she was like, eh, it wasn't so bad.
1: I just like that it's just another example of Tana not being suitable for her job. We've already said about the her hair and everything, the risks that presents in her profession. Uh, bedside bed, manner. Yeah, bedside manner sucks. And then...
0: Apart from to Shax.
1: Oh, yes. So in this bit, we get, I guess, confirmation that though those two are banging. Because Shax has no. a face name that's quite... happy Because she said, like, I just had my... What was it my medical? I just passed my med- medical so I can heal you all night. Yeah. And Shax is like, oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: he looks really pleased. Yeah. I'm just going to put this out there that I do not need that sex scene. Like,
1: I, I just really don't... I mean, I know she's not actually a cat, she's an alien species that look like a cat, but whenever they flirt, I get the visual in my head of it.
0: I know. And he's a big...
1: Big lad. He's like Dwayne Johnson size.
0: Yeah, and I know she's not a cat. How big is she?
1: Well, she's a normal woman's height, I guess.
0: She's got boobs though, have you noticed?
1: No, I never noticed. Yeah, she's got boobs. Cat boobs.
0: That's weird.
1: Well, having cat boobies?
0: Yeah, because cats have got like so many nipples.
1: Well, we know they do as well from that sculpture we saw last week.
0: Yeah, so why has she only got one pair of like proper mammaries, you know?
1: Maybe the other nipples don't need them. I don't know. I'm not an expert on gation biology, I guess. But yeah, so Shax and Tana are a couple. Is. Yeah, Shax definitely is. <laughs> Shax is sucking on those Was it mammary glands, you say.
0: Shax loves the mammary.
1: And then we did have a little bit with the alien who was trying to buy the horns, doing a little ploy that apparently always does to uh, Paul F. Tompkins, but doing the voice again, by the way. And does this ploy where he gets the another ship to destroy his and make it look like they did it and not him. So they give him a new ship and Freeman falls for it and uh, gets asked about it from her husband, Admiral Freeman. She then realizes what's happened and she gets the ship back. So, I mean, that was quite funny. Uh, seeing more of the Admiral and her... You know what's really funny, actually, just kind of on that front, because he is Admiral Freeman. We got that earlier in the season. Obviously, she's Captain Freeman. We So we know their surname's Freeman. We've always wondered where Mariner got her Mariner surname from, which I guess we're going to find out soon. Hmm. Uh, but, you know, when Otis first starts planting the seeds that she's not what she says, he's like, yeah, how do you even know Mariner's her real name? And it's like, well, actually, we don't know. We, like, we no. know Mariner probably isn't her real name because she'd be a Freeman. I always thought
0: it was just like, you know, a Mariner, like a seafarer.
1: How would that make sense?
0: She travels on starships? Yeah but, ships. yeah, but
1: names come from anywhere. So that could be true. That could be the origin of it. But I thought before we thought maybe the Admiral's surname was... Well, we didn't think they were together, but now we seem mm. to.
0: Or she's been married and she just hasn't changed her name back.
1: Oh, I didn't even think of that. Well,
0: she's what been the hell married are you thinking? Before.
1: Why didn't that cross my mind? It never crossed my mind that her name's different because she's been married. Oh my goodness, she has been, hasn't she? There is a, another Mariner up there. So, Tendy's had a lot of focus this season, hmm. I think, uh, and it's good. Uh, Rutherford's having a bit more as well, but not to the level that I think Tendy hmm. has. Uh, how do you find Tendy this season? I
0: like Tendy. Yeah. I do. To know I think her there's more. a bit more spunk to her than I thought there was. I thought she was just like sunshine and rainbows.
1: Oh yeah, she's a bit. She's quite fierce, mm. uh, especially
0: like last week when she went and she met her cousin.
1: Yeah, when she showed her real Orion traits, uh, which she did say she's ashamed of. Mm. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm liking Tanya right now. But I'm really loving this switch up of dynamics because like the first season was just. As the show pointed out last season, it was just Boimler and Mariner and, and Tendy and Rutherford. So I'm glad that they mixed up a bit. And yeah, I'm enjoying the stuff with Tendy right now. I'd like to see Tendy and Boimler next, which I think must be coming.
0: Hmm, that'll be um, an interesting. And I'm, re- I'm really
1: liking I'm liking Rutherford more this season than the first season. Really? I didn't dislike Rutherford in the first season at all, but this season I don't know. He does seem slightly different this season to last season. You know, because he, he said like he hasn't got all his memories and stuff because of the mm. cyborg. But I know he's smart. I get a feeling right now that Rutherford isn't as capable as he was before. Does that make sense to you? Like yeah. he was a whiz at every field apart from command. You are
0: know like when Boymler's like, yeah, we have the answer in here and points to his head.
1: And he's like, in our skin? And he's skin? like,
0: in our skin? Oh yeah, no, uh, brains are in our skin.
1: Yeah, like now it seems like he's not quite as intellectual as I he was before. I feel like maybe
0: he was always like that. But like my dad used to say about me that I was really clever, but I didn't have an ounce of common sense.
1: True, true.
0: About me or him. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank no, you. No,
1: <laughs> I know, I appreciate how that came across. Mm. No, I meant, yeah, I could see what you mean about possibly Rutherford.
0: Like, he's not really got the memories for the people skills these days. Mm. And maybe not the memories for the common sense. But he's still got all the, like, book smarts.
1: No, yeah, you're right, yeah, yeah.
0: really has no idea
1: of anything else. So, overall thoughts on this episode? Good. There we go. So, uh, you? I really enjoyed it. I mean, last week's episode was great.
0: Which one was the best one so far?
1: Oh, last week's one. Mm. We'll always have Tom Paris. I just like that one. That was a great episode. Yeah, it was a lot going on that I enjoyed. This was a good episode. This this had some really fun bits in it. I really liked lots of it. Uh, as we've spoken about it, maybe the horn bit was too much. Uh, not that I'm a prude in any way, but I just feel like I feel like the gag had already been made, so maybe mm. they didn't need that. So if you were going to take anything out, I'd probably take that bit out and keep everything else. But, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to the next one and see when we go. Also, uh, just a quick thing now is that it's Star Trek Day this week. Uh, it will mark 55 years since the first episode of Star Trek ever aired. So on the 8th of September, we'll be celebrating. Unfortunately, Star Trek Day this week, uh, for all the stuff that Paramount are doing for it, or Viacom, or CBS, whatever the hell name they have now, um, it's all airing in the night in America, which means that it cannot be enjoyed worldwide this time because like in the uk and europe everyone will be asleep missing out on stuff so slightly disappointing they've done that this time
0: can you watch it afterwards though
1: i'm not sure but you'll see everything online so you won't get you won't get the whole rush of a new trailer or or whatnot but uh good to see that they're doing stuff to celebrate i think i do think it was a misstep to uh, make it so american this time around don't even know why they do it because ultimately social media is a worldwide thing so if you want to get trending and, uh, and things like that you want to trend worldwide but yeah disappointed that but i do think we're going to get a Strange New Worlds teaser trailer. Hmm. I think we'll get something from Star Trek Picard as well. Discovery, I reckon we'll have a final trailer for that, and a, a date. And Prodigy, I reckon we'll get a release date. And, I'm going to put it out there, a new show announcement.
0: Really? Another mm. one?
1: Mm. What kind of show? I don't know. I was thinking possibly animated from They've the done so lot.
0: well with this one, haven't
1: mm. they, really? Would you want to see a spin-off of Lower Decks, or just another animated show by the team? I think
0: it would have to be Something different. I don't think they could do another. I don't want this
1: animation style though.
0: I don't think they'll do another one so soon.
1: Hmm. We'll see. Uh, But you know, I think maybe, I think the section 31 thing is not being announced too much right now. But I I think. Is that
0: a real life thing or an animated thing?
1: Section 31? Yeah. Oh, it's real. It's live action. In the ideal world, they'd announce that they're doing something with Archer. Be it a short treks or something.
0: I need to see him again. He needs to re-become Archer. Having said that, I'm going to go watch him for like two hours of yeah, Dwayne no. Pride now.
1: What are we at now? Uh, 16 years after Enterprise ended. Uh, so many new people finding the show now as well. There is still a bad taste left in everyone's mouth as to how the show ended. And even though Archer himself had some great scenes in that, that last episode. But I feel like even just a short trek with just Archer, and even if you don't see anyone else, I feel like that would wash the bad taste out.
0: It was, it was piss poor.
1: Yeah, so I think that if they can do anything, and there's enough there's enough Trek people on the show to know that those feelings about it, I can't imagine I can't see why Scott Bakula wouldn't want to do something. Mm. Uh, I'm not saying a show or anything. I'm just saying a ten or twenty minute short that's only going to take him two or three days to film. Um, I would love it because I I just think that would help round off Enterprise mm. in a way that oh you watched you watch uh, these are the voyages the final episode you think oh god not great, but then you and then watch that short trek after it, and kind of bec- and that becomes the last thing
0: of enterprise mm. you know but we'll
1: see we'll see so uh, thank you very much for listening enjoy your star trek day i can't wait to see what's announced we'll also have a brand new lower Decks to enjoy this week i, I know nothing about it I haven't even seen the title so that's going to be good fun we will be back next monday with an episode maybe we'll have some thoughts on trailers and things mm. that we saw So uh, maybe we'll share our thoughts on those as well. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget hit subscribe.
0: This show is brought to you by Hollow Sweet Media. Computer list other available Hollow Sweet Media programs. Loading Hollow Sweet Preview Program for the Jane Way, a Star Trek Voyager podcast
1: yeah so we cut to night time harry sneaks out of the bed and starts looking up voyager with his security codes etc um again should be in underwear but computer show me tom paris no I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> show me his location right now oh he's 450 meters away
0: <laughs> Hey, oh my gosh it was grander that's <laughs>
1: He's like, I have
0: to go to a hookup, Olivia. I have to go to fair. I have to. He found, he found him Tom on, on Space on Star Ungrinder. Trek Grinder, Space and Grinder. he's like, it's Space Grinder. <laughs> Loading Holosuite Preview Program Four Beyond Farpoint, a Star Trek: The Next Generation podcast. And cards, the other
1: character trying to solve the mystery, so he leaves for that reason alone. It could be, and it could really be any character. Any one of of the main cast members could have gone with Data and been there with Data several days later, trying to solve what happened to the Enterprise. It's it, it's very very much a kind of a, a plot reason and nothing more. I think.
0: Yeah, um, I kind of wish Data had stayed on the ship actually, because I would
1: like to have seen him regress to a pocket calculator. <laughs> Computer, deactivate
0: suite.